Welcome to Lawyers Who Care, the video show podcast that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients. And on each episode, we'll meet a new lawyer and they will share stories of when they went above and beyond legal counsel for the benefit of their client. My name is Andrew Samlin. I'm the principal of Samlin Wealth, a nationally recognized wealth management firm for lawyers, law firms, and their clients. So let's applaud lawyers who care and learn from them. Today, my guest is Linda Crane. Uh, she specializes in trust and estates at Crane Law Group PC in Chicago. Uh, welcome, Linda. Thank you, Andrew. So glad you're here. Linda, so tell us uh, tell us what made you, you know, wanting to be a lawyer. Well, I uh, didn't want to be a doctor, so I pretty much you know, <laughs> was my default. It also fit very well with my early personality and interests and aptitudes and so forth. So I really started uh, preparing myself and proceeding apace to become a lawyer after I was a candy striper at a local hospital when I was 12 years old and decided not to be a doctor. Got it. So, so it was a, a, a choice either between medicine or the law or, or there's a third choice or. Yeah. Indian chief. Remember that the, there was a nursery rhyme called doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, which of these will you be? And so like their Indian chiefs are already you know, not an option. And so I, Obviously, I had other choices, but really, literally, I remember deciding between being a doctor and a lawyer. Oh, and uh, I never thought about, you know, uh, I didn't know about a lot of different, you know, careers uh, that might fit with my, you know, personality and, and interests. I uh, uh, never thought about being a nurse or, you know, uh, working uh, for a corporation forever or, uh, being a teacher, I never really thought about that. Although I did spend 25 years as a law professor <laughs> later, but uh, I wasn't trained in uh, as an educator. So yeah, law was always on my uh, trajectory, my path. I did go to business school when I was in law school. When I realized that a lot of the sort of natural career options or you know work uh, uh, day options for me as a lawyer didn't interest me as much as some of the options I had as a business person. And so during my first year of law school, I actually uh, took the GMAT and applied to the business school at, at Northwestern where I was at law school and uh, ended up being admitted there. So instead of spending three years full time in law school, I spent four years full time getting both my law degree and my MBA at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. What made you go into trust in the States? as opposed to any other practice area? You know, I, uh, had, I, was, I was trained on Wall Street by Merrill Lynch. I, I was a vice president at Bear Stearns when I went to law teaching at John Marshall Law School in Chicago back in 1989. And I taught property law and uh, estates and land, you know, states and trusts. I was always very active in sort of community-related matters here in Chicago. And as a law professor, I had a bully pulpit with a you know, lifetime tenured law professor position. And I spent a lot of it talking to other lawyers in the bar associations and in different civic organizations about uh, economic disparity and what I felt they should be doing to, uh, you know, address it in some ways. And even with respect to, again, my community service and sort of, you know, uh, civil rights work, my focus was always on economic disparity. And I um, taught commercial law and securities regulations as well as property and estates and land. And so 
I really just arrived at a, a conclusion uh, through some of my research and writing. I was writing law review articles as well as lecturing. And um, I just reached a conclusion that um, one of the reasons why poverty persists in so many communities from one generation to the next is because of lack of planning. And uh, not because people who have made money in those communities don't follow good advice. It's because they haven't been given the advice to do it. And so I uh, decided that if I was the one who cared so much about it, that instead of bullying or instead of, you know, bullying or, you know, complaining about other lawyers and uh, uh, not adding it to, you know, uh, their practices, that perhaps that was something I should do. And so I just sort of, I uh, kind of grew out of my writing and community service uh, components of my job as a full-time law professor. And so I uh, started doing it about nine months after 9-11. In fact, I was just writing a newsletter about uh, for my 20th anniversary, which I'm celebrating uh, this month, Crane Law Group. And I talk about how I started it in April 2002, uh, in large part after just sort of deciding like a lot of people did after after 9-11, that it was time to be braver and just, you know, strike out and do stuff that, you know, you've been sort of uh, uh, waiting for other people to do uh, before 9-11. And so that's kind of uh, kind of all dovetailed. And I uh, quit a lot of nonprofit boards that was on. I quit working on gala committees for the museums in Chicago and doing a lot of stuff that, you know, uh, traveling uh, to places I didn't need to go. And I put all that time and energy into starting my law firm. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. And I did it on a part-time basis when I continued to teach uh, from 2002 when I started the firm until I retired from law teaching in 2014. And I had two offices in downtown Chicago. Sometimes I'd leave home and not know which office I was going to. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the office of John Marshall where I, you know, just focus on my work there. And then I had a law office. And I uh, built this practice from the ground up through word of mouth and referrals, uh, certainly for the first 12 years of the practice. And then since I retired eight years ago, I've been doing it full time. That's great. You know, so in the setup call that we had uh, prior to this, um, you you told us a story that um, uh, where you, there were, you really went above and beyond uh, on behalf of your clients. Do you want to share that story uh, with everyone? Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, Andrew. I um, have a lot of different stories. The one story that I shared with you was about a family that I worked with uh, to probate uh, the decedent's estate for a mother who had passed away. She had five children, two sons and three daughters. She had a complete estate plan. Certainly she had a will that was quite specific. And in the will, she left everything to her three daughters. I worked with the family over the course of two or three years. It was very, there were a lot of complications in the estate. The mother had died tragically in a fire and uh, there were insurance issues. There was all kinds of things that kind of delayed it. But the, when we finished, uh, and, and throughout the three years of probating the mother's uh, estate, in probate court, um, I had had family meetings with the three heirs probably a dozen times. Every meeting we pretty much met in person in my office 
and uh, the, 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 it allowed the three sisters to get all the information from me directly instead of relying on the administrator, which was one of the sisters. Two of the sisters were somewhat uh, at odds, had never gotten along. The other sister, who was the oldest sister, was always there. And she was clearly disabled. I could tell that because I was around her for all these meetings. And uh, she was very involved. They always included her. She never said anything. Um, but when we wrapped up everything and had all the assets and paid off all the uh, creditors and collected insurance money and sold the house and did what we needed to do and were ready to uh, close the estate and make the final distributions to the heirs so we closed the estate, I made the distributions to the two sisters who were um, uh, not disabled. But then when it came to the third distribution, I called another family meeting. And so the three sisters came and the four of us were in my conference room. And I, you know, uh, said, you know, I'm ready to make the distribution to the third sister. I said, but we've never discussed the fact that she seems she's clearly disabled. And so there was it wasn't a secret. She had had a stroke and, you know, she had she couldn't speak that she was uh, not totally incompetent, but. I just asked, is she on any kind of government assistance for her needs now because she can't work? And so they said, yes. And I said, well, before we make the distribution to her, we should talk about the possibility of doing some planning for her because as it stands now, if I write a check to her and we deposit this into her account, she will lose all of the uh government entitlement assistance that she's currently receiving that's needs-based because she will no longer have a need for it. I said, but there's a federal statute that protects heirs in cases like this. It protects people who are disabled, who have assets that come to them uh, after they've already qualified for needs-based assistance. And what we have to do, though, is create a special needs trust for her. Sometimes it's called a um, uh, supplemental needs trust. Uh, kind of depends on where the source, what the source of the money is. I said, but if we create a special needs trust for her, go into probate court, uh, get the judge to approve it, get the <laughs> attorney general of the state of Illinois to approve it, uh, which is one of the steps if the special needs trust is funded with the money that the disabled person already is entitled to. Uh, it's called a self-settled special needs trust as opposed, as opposed to a third-party special needs trust. And it literally around the United States, all 50 states, it's a federal statute that literally requires um, uh, uh, states and even the Social Security Administration, the federal government, to continue to um, acknowledge the eligibility of people who have assets set aside in a special needs trust uh, for those entitlements. And so that's what we did. And so it took us another 18 months or so after we were able to close the mother's estate and put uh, the third distribution for the disabled heir into a special needs trust, in and out of probate court, got everything all set up, the state of Illinois signed off on it. And for the last 12 years, every year around this time, we go into court for the annual budget meeting uh, before a judge for the sister's upcoming needs for uh, the year for the funds that remain in her special needs trust. So I really felt really good about that. It was something that, you know, really wasn't a part of my engagement when I was hired to help with the administration of the mother's decedent's estate in probate. 
Um, in Illinois, there are three types of probate matters and separate judges, separate courtrooms, separate cases for decedents, for disabled adults, and for minors. Uh, and so, you know, I just, and I wasn't really that familiar with it. I kind of knew a little bit about it. Honestly, it was the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I kind of, you know, did feel a little uncertain about how to do it, but I, I knew enough about it to know that this family needed me to get up to speed on it and, and help them and to get, you know, uh, uh, try my best anyway to uh, protect this this heir. And so that's what we did. And I actually have had a ongoing relationship with them all this time. Wonderful. And by the way, just so, uh, just for everyone's clear, uh, today our special guest is Linda Crane. Uh, again, she is a trust in the state's attorney at Crane Law Group, uh, PC in Chicago. Um, Linda, so that people can get in touch with you, can you share uh, your phone number twice with everyone? Oh, sure. Wonderful. Thank you. 312-546-4902 is my office number. 312-546-4902. And the favorite website? www.cranelawgroup.net. C-R-A-N-E lawgroup.net. Wonderful. And I'm at lcrane at cranelawgroup.net by email. One more time? lcrane at cranelawgroup.net. Perfect. Linda, thanks so much. Everyone, this has been the Lawyers Who Care uh, video show podcast where we highlight attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients. Um, If you're an attorney or you know an attorney that might be appropriate for this uh, uh, podcast, please let us know at uh, info at samalinwealth.com. That's info at samalinwealth.com. Again, our special guest today was Linda Crane. She specializes in trust in the state's uh, practice at uh, Crane Law Group in uh, Chicago. Linda, thank you again. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome.